Thank you for taking time to study with us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study, or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. When God prophesied to Israel that the Messiah was coming, He told them that a messenger or a forerunner would come and declare His coming. Today on Drawing Near, Luke begins the story of the forerunner's appearance. So, I encourage you to open your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 1 and join me for Blameless but Barren. As we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for Jesus Christ and all of the wonders, all of the miracles that surrounded his appearance. Father, we thank you for John and how he came as a humble servant and gave his life in declaring the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, teach us through your word of your power, of your purpose and plan, and help us to grow in faith. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. In Luke chapter 1, verse 5, we read, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias, of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. They were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord, but they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren. They were both advanced in years. Now it happened that while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, He was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense offering. During the time of this writing, many historians would use kings or leaders and their appointed time of reigning as an indicator as to the historical timeline that the events were taking place. In this case, that's what Luke does. He does it again in chapter 2. He says that all of the events he's about ready to describe are happening in the days of Herod, king of Judea. Herod came to be king around 37 BC, and he continued his reign until around 4 BC. And so that gives us this timeline of when these events took place. Now, Herod became known later as Herod the Great, and he was a horrible man and a horrible king. Herod received his throne by appointment from the Roman Senate. And it was during his reign, toward the end of his reign, close to 4 BC, that this story unfolds. And so it's in the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zacharias. Now, priests were of the Levitical tribe in Israel. Not all Levites were priests, but all priests were Levites. And all of the priests were divided by divisions. There were 24 different divisions, according to 1 Chronicles chapter 24, and each of the divisions served twice a year for an eight-day period. They served from Sabbath to Sabbath, and all of the priests served during feast times and on Sabbaths. So Luke is telling us of a particular priest named Zacharias, who was of the division of Abijah, one of the 24, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. All priests had to marry an Israelite of great virtue. She had to be a virgin. She had to be well-respected. 
They were not required to marry another Levite. And yet that's exactly what Zacharias had done. And all the commentators say that this made their union even more special. They were both of the Levitical tribes. They were both of the priestly tribes. And then we're told in verse 6, they were both righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. Not only was Zacharias righteous in the sight of God or walked blamelessly in the sight of God, but Elizabeth did as well. And that's important because we're told in verse 7, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both advanced in years. It was believed back in the time of this writing that if you were walking right before the Lord, if you were righteous and blameless, if God favored you, that he would bless your life with children. But yet these two individuals were righteous and blameless and had no child because Elizabeth was barren. So this would have been a great embarrassment, a blemish in their community. People looked at them and wondered what was wrong with them spiritually and morally that God had chosen not to bless them. Now, this isn't the first time we've seen this in history. We see this with Hannah. We see this with Sarah. There are several accounts of this throughout the Old Testament. God is using this circumstance and the suffering around this circumstance because there was great suffering because Elizabeth was barren. God was using this to do his will in the lives of all of Israel. Through this couple was going to come the forerunner of Jesus Christ. So she's barren, and then it's emphasized at the end of verse 7, and they were both advanced in years. I believe that that statement is there because they not only were barren, but they were so old they weren't going to have children anyway. So what happens as a result of all that we're studying right now is definitely a miracle. And so while Zechariah was performing one of his two weeks of service, we're told that he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. It was not his turn. He wasn't chosen by a high-ranking official. They had cast lots. They had put tokens in a container, in a vessel, and he had drawn out the correct lot, the white lot. And the indication here is he is chosen by God to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. If I understand correctly, there are 18,000 priests. The chance of one of those priests drawing the lot is very, very rare. It was a high privilege to be chosen to do this priestly service. It was such a great privilege that a priest could only perform this service once in their lifetime. And so when it came time for Zacharias to perform his duty, he would go into the temple of the Lord either during the morning sacrifice or the evening sacrifice. And so either in the morning or in the evening, Zacharias would enter the temple of the Lord and he would burn incense. He would be the only one present during the burning of the incense. We're told in verse 10, And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of the incense burning. This was not just some ritual. It was not just some custom. This was a very, very important spiritual activity, and the people were all engaged in prayer outside while Zechariah was inside burning the incense. Now, I want to pause here and make something very clear. God is about ready to do something wondrous, amazing. He is getting ready to perform a miracle, but before the miracle, 
he is getting ready to announce to Zacharias what he is going to do. God doesn't just simply do something. He announces what he's going to do ahead of time so that we have an opportunity to know, to trust in him, but also to glorify and honor him after what he has prophesied has come to pass. God has been setting this whole thing up. For 400 years, there hasn't been a prophet in Israel. God has been silent. But now we're getting ready to have a new prophet burst on the scene, John the Baptist. And the angel of the Lord is getting ready to announce this to Zacharias, and everything that we've been looking at during this study today is setting that up, giving us the information so that we can understand and appreciate what God is doing. God is choosing holy vessels. God has allowed them to be barren and suffer so that he may bless them in their late years. God is going to receive the glory from the child that is to be born and everything that takes place in his life and after. This isn't just a chance moment, but rather God has ordained this all to take place. We need to nail down in our hearts, God is always in perfect control. We may not understand what he's doing or why he's doing it, but we need to trust in him. And then along with that, when God does what he promises to do, we need to be certain to testify of it and to glorify God through it and to worship him with all of our heart. And the fact that God tells us what he's going to do and then does it should cause our faith to increase. And we have an entire Bible all of Scripture that tells us that God was going to do something and then he did it. He was going to do something else and then he did that. So we need to have confidence in the Lord and we need to trust him with all of our heart. Father in heaven, thank you for your word. Thank you for all of the times that you have prophesied, that you have declared what you were going to do ahead of time, and then you performed it. Help us, Father, not to be deceived by Satan or the world into believing that these are simply myths and stories. And help us to understand that all of these details are there so that we might be filled with wonder at all of your marvelous acts and deeds. Help us, Father, to trust in you more and more and to worship you for all of your faithfulness. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City, provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.